Welcome. Welcome to the weekend. Everybody up. This is Herded Here with Swanee on 740 The Fan. You'll get the insight and latest information on North Dakota State football. From the tailgate lot to the football field, our countdown is on. Here's your host of Heard It Here, Josh Swanson. You know, I've been thinking we might need to change the name of Heard It Here with Swanee, the Bison pregame show that kicks off your game day weekend. Thanks for tuning in on a chilly Saturday. Frost is on the ground. And I'm thinking the Bison... Are six and zero. We are three and zero in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. In those three Valley wins, we've had to go on the road twice. Yet there is consternation amongst the Bison Nation masses about NDSU's performance in Normal, Illinois, last Saturday, a twenty to zero shutout. By the way, the Redbirds. Managed a meager 99 yards against the herd. And I'm thinking we are the unhappiest group of fans with the 6-0 and football team. Right? Uh, red zone offense sucks. Uh, Tyler Rowe play calling blah, 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 sucks. Quincy Patterson, ah, he needs to get better. Calm down, guys. I feel like it's a therapy session throughout the week. We'll, we'll change it to the... Uh, Bison therapy hour with Swanee as I will walk you through your troubles and ease your minds. I I feel like I need a couch in the studio here. Just picturing all the Bison fans on that big virtual couch in Radio Land as they're upset at the Bison offense. And a 6-0 and start. You know you know the good news? The good news and the bad news, right? The pros, the cons list. First, the good news. The Bison are 6-0. and 3-0 in the Missouri Valley. We are playing in the friendly confines of the Fargo Dome the next two Saturdays. That's the good news. You know what the bad news is? We're 6-0. and And 3-0 and in the Missouri Valley. There is no bad news. You want style points or do you want wins? Ask South Dakota State how that's going after an overtime loss two weeks ago to Southern Illinois. Their high-flying, catapulting offense. They're 2-1 and one in the league, 5-1 and one overall, and another loss could take them out of contention for a seed, and they've got a tough one today against Northern Iowa, who lost again last Saturday to South Dakota. There's that Bison hangover You know how good this Bison team is? They're historically good. Through the first six games, the Bison defense is only yielding 226 yards per game and only giving up 7.2 points per game. To put those defensive numbers and performances into perspective, it is literally the best defense giving up the fewest points in fewest yards, not just in the country this year, but in the 18-year history of North Dakota State's Division I 
existence. That's right, Bison Nation. Deep breath. <sighs> Exhale. We'll be okay. This defense is historically good. When a team doesn't score against you, when you shut out a team, you just need any sort of score to win. Whether that's the 20 points at Illinois State, could the Bison, and where the frustration's coming from, guys, I get it. You want to see the Bison do better in the red zone. Six trips to the Illinois State red zone last Saturday, the Bison only came away, excuse me, five trips to the to Illinois State red zone. The Bison only came away with two touchdowns, and they missed on a couple short fourth downs, and Quincy had an interception. Had the Bison converted even two of those opportunities into touchdowns, we're looking at a 34 or 35-0 to zero game, and everyone's feeling pretty good about things. Going back the last three conference games against North Dakota, Northern Iowa, and Illinois State in 14 red zone trips, the Bison only have six touchdowns. That is a problem. That needs to get better. On the season, in 25 red zone trips, the Bison only have 15 touchdowns. So they're only scoring touchdowns on 60, 60% of their trips to the red zone. That needs to get better. I get that. I understand that. And I'm not going to argue with you because points in some games eventually are going to come at a premium, whether that's today against Missouri State, who comes in with the best quarterback in the Missouri Valley, Jason Shelley, who leads the Valley in total offense per game, or two weeks from now down in Brookings against South Dakota State or even in the playoffs. I think the Bison will right the ship. I think you have to feel pretty good about yourself when you're getting better week to week. Coach Entz has alluded to the fact that the Bison have not peaked, have not reached their ceiling. The Missouri Valley is a tough football conference, guys. Illinois State has an awfully good defense. Now, North Dakota State completely shut down the Redbirds' offense. But there's a lot of good teams in the Missouri Valley. The expectation that the Bison or anybody else is just going to roll opponents 45-3 to week to week to week is unrealistic when you're playing ranked teams. And I think we have short memories. If you look back at scores from, from some uh, prior national championship years, go back and look at 2011 or 2012. 2014, or even 2015, or 2018. Maybe not 2018. Easton Sticks senior year, the Bison were pretty loaded. But you take away those three undefeated title seasons in 2013 with Brock Jensen, with Easton Stick, he's senior year of 2018, and then with Trey Lance in 2019. You go back and look at the five other national championships the herd has won in FCS since 2011, there are a lot of scores like 27 to 10, 26 to 14, 20 to 7. When you get in a game and your defense is playing that well, you're not going to start slinging the ball all over the place. You have a two-score lead, and we all have routines, right? I'm interested. You got to hit me up 
at Swanee 8 on Twitter, S-W-A-N-Y, the number 8, at Swanee 8 at Twitter. Game day routines. We all have our routines on Bison football Saturdays. Part of mine is getting up, rinsing off, making a big tall coffee before coming into the studio, stopping at Burger King, picking up a breakfast sandwich. I'm not a fast food guy at all. My one kind of uh, indulgence in that category is Saturday morning driving to studio. I stop at the Burger King on the way in and get a sausage, egg and cheese croissant, which without the egg. Then I come in and do this show. Then I go home. We flip on game day, Libby, Mav, and I. And a lot of Saturdays we get up to tailgating. We might get up to the Red Rivers Market when it's nice. We, of course, watch the Bison game when that game's done. We love the Valley. We love FCS football. So we put on the other games around the Valley of Cotton. Lots of South Dakota State and South Dakota games on ESPN3. I'm just taking a look at those teams. That's part of our routine. Part of North Dakota State's routine. Oh, the other part of the routine is you got that group, you vent. So when I come on the air on Saturday, I've cleared out Abe Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, greatest president ever. Save the Union. And when he was president during the Civil War, he would get frustrated with some of the decisions by his generals. Gettysburg is an example. He feels that had Meade, General Meade, chased after the Confederates and Lee rather than resting after the big Union victory in Gettysburg in early July 1863. Lincoln thought the war could have been ended. And he was steaming mad. Matter than you and I can get at a uh, college football game, quite obviously. And what Lincoln would do in those situations is he would pen these scathing letters to his general saying, dude, you done gone and screwed up. Had you given pursuit and been more aggressive, we could have won this darn thing, but you didn't. Now this is going to drag on and cost more lives and money, etc. But instead of sending those letters, Lincoln would put them in a drawer in his desk. And he'd let himself calm down a little bit and think through what he was upset about. It was cathartic for him to put the pen to paper and just get all that out of his system. And part of my routine on Saturdays is texting, whether it's uh, old Jared Slindy, Adam Jones, Pat Thiel, and my brother, and uh, Neil Raisler, Rob Stock, Todd Kattermas, Adam Palcheski. My, my two Bison text groups, you guys got those, your group of uh, Bison friends that, that you text to the game like, what the, were they thinking there? Everyone knew Quincy was going to run it. We run it all the time with the quarterback on fourth and short, short and third and short. What are we doing? So that, that's my Lincoln letter. I, I send the text, take part in these text groups. I get it out of my system. The Bison win. I sleep on it. I take a look the next day and say, hey, we're 3-0 and in the Valley. We're 6-0 and overall. Life is pretty good. If we get a win today, we are 4-0 and in the Valley and 7-0 and overall. The defense is playing historically good lights out. The offense is a work in progress, but they're getting better week to week to week. And it's not like the Bison offense can't move the football. They are moving the football. I told you last week on these airwaves that I thought the herd would come out aggressive and would be attacking. And they were that first drive. Man, 
I was pumped. I was ready to come on the radio right then and there and tell you guys, I told you so, to injure my shoulders, patting myself on the back. I was ready to do that. First drive of the game, the Bison matriculated the ball up and down the field. Phoenix sprolls with a big catch. Christian Watson seals the deal with that touchdown. Next drive, the Bison. Start her up again. Get your engines running. Drive down the field. Get into the red zone. It looks like it's going to be 14 nuts, baby, early on. And then there's a pick. And it totally, for whatever reason, one playing a football game, it's weird. You watch, you spend about 35 years here like I have watching college football or professional football, and you see a game like that. And the writing's on the wall, and the announcers were talking about it on the TV that, and the Bison are just all over the Redbirds. This game, this game is all Bison, and one play can flip the script, and it changed the complexion of that football game. Then the Bison offense struggled a little bit to get things going. Then they take the 10 to 0 lead into half. And and you know, I'm texting my buddies. I'm frustrated. I know North Dakota State wants to do better in the red zone. The players, coaches, everybody. And I think they'll get it fixed this weekend against Missouri State. I really do. I think it's frustrating when you're the buys an offense and you're moving the ball between the 30s and you're just having some of those struggles in the red zone. And instead of talking about the fact you're 6-0, and you're putting up, Bison are still averaging over 30 points per game. They're putting up 32.8 per game. And, yeah, you can throw in that Valpo game 60. You take that game out, they're probably a hair under 30. But they're still winning a lot of football games. They got the scores in the second half when they needed them. And when it's 10-0 to during the course of a game, and here's where I have to temper myself. I'm texting my bison group of buddies. The herd was up 10-0 at the half, and you knew one touchdown. That was That's what I was texting. One score, if the bison can get a touchdown in the second half, just one touchdown to make it 17-0 or to go up by more than 14, the game was over. Illinois State was not scoring two touchdowns on North Dakota State. And when you're a coaching staff and you talk complimentary football, and there, the wind was going, it was swirling. I, you know, I get that. I read all that stuff. I saw that too. But part of it has to be when you get that lead in the second half and the other team just isn't doing anything, play complimentary football. Control the clock. Don't put your defense in a bad position. And come away with the win. Now, South Dakota State scored 42 points in a loss to Southern Illinois at home a couple weeks ago, would you rather have the Bison be putting up 42 points per game but losing? We we all want to see this offense finally click, finally hit its stride, finally get into rhythm to see what they're capable of. The Bison need to peak come playoff time. And every week is a progression, and every week they're getting better. That passing game against the Redbirds, that first drive or two, the Bison weren't running the ball down the field, left, right, up the gut. It was through the air. And that and that's one area with this vaunted Bison ground game. You know, they were stymied by Illinois State, that 3-4 defense, much like North Dakota earlier this month. 
They were bringing a lot of run blitzes, guys off the edge, and the Bison couldn't figure it out. But the Bison need to do a better job running the football. Way too many times. Way too many times. The Bison are behind the sticks. And they're playing in second and long or third and long. That running game needs to get going. And I think it will. I'm optimistic about it. I think I think it's no secret what Missouri State's going to try to do defensively this afternoon. They're going to try to do the exact same thing Illinois State did, the exact same thing that North Dakota did. I don't think Missouri State, who comes into this game 61st in the FCS in total defense, I don't think up front on the defensive side they're as good as Illinois State. I don't think up front on the defensive side they're as good as North Dakota or they're as good as Missouri State. And I also think NDSU will have some things figured out going into this afternoon. And I read this stuff in the papers about this Missouri State offense. High-flying baby. This quarterback dude, Jason Shelley, putting up 318 yards per game total offense. These two receivers, Xavier Lane, Tyrone Scott. Oh, boy, this, this Missouri State offense. It's a new game with Bobby the Shark Petrino in town. Give me a break. The Bison are going to do what the Bison are going to do at the Fargo Dome, and they're going on a bear hunt. Want to thank Smith Motors and Wapaton and Welton's Tire Service in Lisbon, Smith Motors, Wapaton, small-town friendly, big-town deals in Welton's Tire Service, your local one-stop for tires, friendly service, and more in Lisbon, North Dakota. Coming up next on Heard It Here with Swanee, I want to talk a little bit more about this historically good Code green defense. We saw Jasir Cox with the breakout game of sorts last weekend. Eli mastered three and a half sacks, the sack monster. And the Bison defense doing this with some of their best players and starters missing time to injuries. Coming up next on Heard It Here with Swanee. Care guides at aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Medicare can be complicated, and all the different plan choices can be very overwhelming. But did you know that free, unbiased help is available? Visit mnhealthcarechoices.com to access the Senior Linkage Line's comprehensive, Minnesota-focused Medicare guide. You can review and compare your options and find the plan that works best for you. Visit mnhealthcarechoices.com. How do liability limits work? Do I have the right insurance coverage? Am I getting the best rate? Educate and protect yourself with car insurance from Amanda Nelson State Farm. Amanda and her team are your one-stop local shop to protect your things, your paycheck, and most importantly, your family. So stop looking around. The Amanda Nelson State Farm team is ready to help. Check them out at amandanelsoninsurance.com and get the insurance that makes sense for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This October, it's about action. Please join Vision for Lincoln in Wapaton as we ask, don't be a chicken, save the breasts, and schedule your mammogram today. All October, we're partnering with local businesses to raise funds for Edith Sanford Breast Center and the Richland Wilkin Relay for Life by donating a portion of their proceeds the entire month of October. Don't be a chicken, save the breasts. Presented by Vision for Lincoln in Wapaton. Drivewithvision.com. Vision Ford, your dealer for life.
Easing on in, nice and smooth, to a North Dakota State football Saturday with your weekly routines. If you're out there, I'm hoping your weekly routine includes listening to this show like Eric Yonser of Six Flags, their Saturday morning safety meeting at Chubb's Pub with good old Wade, Wade Lindgren from the 58348. That is a good Saturday morning routine right there. Tough, tough to top that. What is your Saturday morning bison football routine? Hit me up with that. It's 28 on Twitter, S-W-A-N-Y, and the number 8 bison nation. Would you rather be the Vikings? And we'll get to the Code Green defense, the historic performances. Even with the the injury, Spencer Wagey done for the year. James, James Kayser's been dinged up, has missed a couple games. Bison keep on humming along, man. I think, I think Tony Pierce, I think he missed the game last week or the week before that. Jasir Cox, he is coming along. That dude is a linebacker that can play corner, much like a, a, some guy named Jabril Cox. All over the field, range like a rover, two INTs. But would you rather be the Vikings guys? And I say that as a Vikings fan who subjects myself to just the weekly torture that is Skull. Letting double-digit leads slip in the second half. Having every single game decided on the last play, five of the six Vikings games so far this season have literally been decided on the last play of the game. The Bison currently, Bison, the Vikings currently find themselves as the uh, number seven seed in the NFC. If the playoffs started today, they'd be taking on number two Tampa Bay. Would you rather be the Vikings? Absolutely not. That's part of what gets me through being a Vikings fan. Is that the Bison are always so good and win all the time. And we can hang our hats on that. Would you rather be Kansas State? Much respect to Chris Chris Kleiman and the guys down there in Manhattan, Gene Taylor. They're three and three. And they've lost their last three games after a red hot three and zero start, and finding themselves in the top twenty five, crashing back to uh, the rough and tumble world of college football at three and three, or even Craig Bowl at Wyoming who started off 4-0 and this season, and they've lost their last two Mountain West games. Life is pretty good sitting here at 6-0 and and being undefeated in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, especially with the start to that Missouri Valley schedule when you've got to play at. And we've seen the Bison hangover. That's the other thing, guys. Take a look at the teams that the Bison have played my good buddy, Neil, he's, he's all over this. He texts this to our group. The Bison hangover is real. After NDSU beat UND in that thriller at the Alaris, UND had a hangover game at South Dakota. They were very beat up physically after playing the Herd, and they lost again at Southern Illinois. They are 0-3 in the Valley. Northern Iowa, after getting whooped by the Herd, In their own building last weekend, South Dakota took them apart. Absolutely destroyed them. And they've got a big bounce-back redemption game of sorts. Maybe between NDSU's game this afternoon against Missouri State, 
the the other more intriguing game in Valley play is down in Brookings, where you and I, who has historically been pretty good in Brookings, beating the Jacks. That's a big game for both teams. You and I needs that win. Their backs are against the wall to keep their playoff hopes alive. They need to beat the Jacks. For the Jacks to keep pace in the Missouri Valley race and in contention for a top seed in the FCS playoffs, they need to beat you and I. Something's got to give. And you and I is going to come out on fire, man, after the turd they laid in their own building last weekend. They're going to go into Brookings with everything they got. And I think we find out a lot about both of those teams. And I think we see just how for real Missouri State is. They they lost to Youngstown State. And, and this week on Twitter, a bunch of fans were hitting me up. Because I think I think the, uh, the big fraud conference, the big sky, Eastern Washington, the fact they're rated ahead of North Dakota State is an absolute joke. Credit to Eric Berrier, you know, dude threw for, what, 600 yards and seven touchdowns last weekend against Idaho, okay, against Idaho. If Eastern Washington was in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, they would do no better than 4-4. Four and four. They'd be 500. They'd lose to NDSU. They'd lose to SDSU. They'd split with UNI and USD. They'd split with UNI and UND. Tell me, tell me five give-me wins that Eastern Washington would have in the Valley. Eastern Washington played Western Illinois, who's one in three in the Valley this year, and the final score was like 62 to 56. Now, I've got buddies at Western Illinois, but traditionally, they are a lower tier team in the Valley. They'll make the playoffs, put together a good team maybe every four or five years or so, but they're normally a three and five, two and six kind of team in the Missouri Valley. They darn near beat Eastern Washington. And folks just forget about what happened. I know it was last spring. Folks forget about the fact that Eastern Washington comes into the Fargo Dome and just gets demolished by the Bison. That Eric Berrier was running for his life, and after that fast start where Eastern got up 20-7, to the Bison just beat the crap out of him. Scored like, what, 40, 42 of the next 49 points? Anyway, I digress. To put the 6-0 start into perspective, right now, There are only three, excuse me, four teams, four teams in the FCS top 25 that are undefeated. Dartmouth is 5-0. North Dakota State is 6-0. Eastern Washington is 7-0. And and Sam Houston is 5-0. Every other team in the FCS top 25, whether that's Southern Illinois, Villanova, who beat James Madison, South Dakota State, Montana State, Southeastern Louisiana, UC Davis, Montana, Kennesaw State, UT Martin, ETSU, South Dakota, Incarnate Word, Missouri State, Rhode Island. All have at least one loss. And I have no idea. The the FCS outside of the top 10 is pretty soft this year. We're a 3-3 Northern Iowa team that's lost two in a row, can still be ranked in the polls. They're number 20 at 3-3. But that gives them a lot to play for. The difference between being three and five, they they're three and four, they lose state to the Jacks. They're out of playoff contention. They beat the Jacks. They're four and three. They are very much in the playoff pitcher. So the fact the Bison are sitting here three and zero in the valley, six and zero overall, in total control of their playoff destiny in their Missouri Valley 
football destiny. I just don't get the griping and the belly aching. I think the Bison are exactly where they want to be. If you would have been told going into the year that we've got historically good defense that leads the FCS in total defense and scoring defense and is also by the numbers the best defense through six games that the Herd has had in its Division I history and that the Bison are averaging 32 points per game and that Christian Watson is finally getting involved in the offense. They're throwing the ball to him. Sign me up every single time. And I didn't even get, I got on such a such a tear there, such a rant. I didn't even get into the uh, historically good defense and talking about them a little bit more, which we'll do after the break here on Heard It Here. Bad news, Bears. Missouri State, did you guys, if you haven't seen it already, go to the NDSU football Twitter account or uh, NDSU Athletics Facebook page. The video dude for NDSU keeps cranking out these just fantastic videos. But if I were a, a, a politician or even a business, after looking at some of the work this guy does, I would sign that cat up. I'd pay him to make some videos because they are out of this world good. And the one that he's got, you know, I don't know if it was intended to be kind of a scary, spooky Halloween kind of theme. Going on a bear hunt, walking through the woods. It is fantastic. You got to check that out. You uh, just search NDSU football on Twitter or go to NDSU Athletics Facebook account. This is Herded Here with Swanee on 740 The Fan. You can listen online at 740 The Fan. We have the podcast of the show available normally within about a half an hour after this show's done and Travis Dunn's Around the Rink comes on. We got her posted. You can listen for free on iTunes and subscribe. Search Heard It Here. Want to thank Smith Motors and Wapaton and Welton's Tire Service in Lisbon. Smith Motors, Wapaton, small town, friendly big town deals. Welton's Tire Service, your local one stop for tires, friendly service, and more in Lisbon, North Dakota. I, I told you uh, two weeks ago and last week, and I, I can't remember the weeks, and college football have a habit of kind of melting one into another about this best friend's defense, Code Green. I know they're called Code Green, but I've taken to calling them the best friend's defense because that group of guys plays like they're all just best friends. The camaraderie, the chemistry, NDSU's defense has been historically one of the best defenses in FCS and before that, Division II. You can just look at some of the names that have played on there. We could spend an entire show talking about the Kyle Emanuels, the Derek Tuskas, the Travis Becks, the Grant Olsons, the Marcus Williams, the Colton Heagles, the Christian Dudziks, the Greg Menards, the Jabril Cox, Nick DeLuca. I mean, you could literally go on and on and on for the rest of the show. But there's just something when you watch this, guys. It's tough to put your thumb on it because you can't, you can, you can quantify it, I suppose, with the fact that the Bison are only giving up 7.2 points per game, number one in the FCS, only yielding 226 yards per game, number one total defense in the FCS. Opposing teams' defenses, or excuse me, offenses, are only converting 22% on third down. That's number two in the FCS. 
and the Bison have the number one red zone defense in the country. Through six games, teams have only been in the Bison red zone seven times. That is absurd. That is just stupid, filthy good. That's that's video game-esque, right? When you're playing the uh, the old EA Sports College football or Madden's, and you, and you don't want a competition, so instead of cranking it up to all-conference or all-American level, you're playing on, like, practice level or, or JV so you can score 60 points per game. The Bison have only allowed opposing teams into their red zone seven times in six games, and in those seven trips, opponents only have three scores. So, yeah, I suppose you can quantify how historically good they've been, but you can quantify that with all these really great Bison defenses, what you can't quantify, that intangible with the best friend defense, is just that energy, that chemistry, that camaraderie. There's something about it, man, that when you watch these guys play, how much fun they have and how well they play together. And the Bison defense is getting better every single week. It is hard. It is very hard to shut a team out. It just takes one missed assignment, one goofy kind of play, like we saw in the season opener against Albany where they had that big touchdown before the half, or even that game at the Alaris versus North Dakota where the Bison bit on that kind of UND looks to the sideline, Bison let up, Belquist hits him over the top for a touchdown. It just takes something like that. That's college football. That happens every single week to shut out anybody, particularly on the road, a team in Illinois State fighting for their playoff lives, that is awfully, awfully hard to do. And the Bison are doing it week after week after week, man. Only giving up seven points per game. You take a look, Jackson Hankey leads the team in tackles. He's always all over the place, probably the cornerstone of that defense. Michael Tutsi, as Ross Uglum at Bison Report likes to call him, the missile. The missile just blowing things up. That guy is so good. An open field. The Bison tackling has been outstanding this year. They're keeping things in front of them. And when a guy, I, I'd be interested to see it. It's probably somewhere in the game notes that uh, Ryan Peralt and his team at NDSU Sports Information does such a great job putting together. But I'm guessing NDSU, if they tracked it, probably leads the country in fewest yards after catch, yards after contact, those yak yards. Because once a dude catches it for the other team, there is a whole swarm of bison from that best friend's defense right on top of them, keeping things in front of them. Michael Tutsi, the missile, is a big part of that. That guy, he comes out of nowhere. You don't really see him in the screen, and you're like, wow, this dude carrying the ball, whether it's for uh, you and I or Illinois State, he's got some green space, and all of a sudden, no, there's Michael Tutsi again, taking him down. Leads the team in unassisted tackles with 21. Jasir Cox has been an all-conference caliber player and difference maker. Those two interceptions he had at Illinois State last week, that guy week to week to week, he is, just watch him, number three. Watch Jasir this weekend, how he's all over the field and what kind of plays he makes, particularly in the passing game. And that's going to be so very important today against this Missouri State offense and Jason Shelley and those receivers, Lane and Scott. The Bison can get after a quarterback with that front four and generate pressure, and it helps that you have linebackers like Jasir that can play coverage and come away with interceptions. He's also got two pass breakups on the year. 
and the Mostart guys. Eli Mostert, man, three and a half sacks last week. He was all over the backfield. And Eubanks and Wisniewski, you have Cole Wisniewski, Kayser goes down, and Mason Hofstad. I noticed it in one of the first games. Maybe it was, I think it was the Albany game even. I had to keep going back to the uh, online to NDSU's rosters because this number 51 was all over the place. And I, in, in about the third or fourth time I looked, I thought, man, I'm I'm looking a lot to see who 51 is. Mason Hofstad doing an outstanding job with Kayser Hurt. Him and Wisniewski both. Lane Tucker on that defensive line. Another guy, 17 total tackles. Dawson Weber, Tony Pierce, Talbert, Chink, Kubitz, Wirtz, Thomas, Javier Darrett. That's a guy that, watch him, 58. He makes plays all the time. Logan McCormick. We can go on and on and on. 56, that linebacker, Roquez. Last week, two plays in a row, pressuring Illinois State's quarterback. I know Jeff Kolpak had a write-up about him in the forum this week. But there are just so many guys. It's not just one guy, right? It's not just the one stud who can cover up a lot of things and cover a bunch of ground. It's kind of like I mentioned it last week, that Miami Dolphins defense in the 70s, they called them the the no-name defense. And there are a lot of names on this, but you know, it, it kind of feels that those bison defenses that I talked about to start this segment, you got those big names. Jabril Cox, Marcus Williams. Grant Olson, DeLuca, Tuska, Menard, those just kind of larger-than-life dudes where every opposing team, their coach in their pregame presser leading up to the game says, boy, we got to watch out. Number one, Williams, man, he'll get you. Number 34, Olson, all over the place. Emmanuel, 53, he'll bust you. 42, Jabril Cox, you have to know where he is. With this Bison defense, pick your poison. There are so many guys that are so stinking good, and they wait, the way they all play together. It's just it's fun to watch. Watch that. If you're at the Fargo Dome today, if you're watching at home on DAY, pay attention to that. Some of those guys, just how they play, how they swarm to the ball, how at the end of every single play, at the end of every single play, you got five or six yellow bison helmets on top of the ball carrier, the quarterback, or the receiver. We're starting to see a pattern after six games especially in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, when you're having to go on the road and play a playoff team in North Dakota, when you're having to play a team like Northern Iowa, when you're having to go on the road and play an Illinois State team who's very, very well coached and has such a good defense, when you're only giving up 7.2 points per game in games like that, that tells you a lot a lot about how stinking good this defense is. And it kind of floors me sometimes when I'm talking with buddies because all of the focus is on that Bison offense and the fact that they're not rolling up 40 points a game. But this Bison defense, guys, the Bison offense, do, do we all want them to score 40 points per game? Yeah. Most Saturdays on this show do I tell you they're going to score 40 points a game. I do. And one of these weeks I'll learn my lesson and maybe I'll say they'll score 26. I just can't help myself. I can't get out of my own way. But when your defense is giving up a touchdown per game, 10 points wins it. Two touchdowns wins it. To me, and I love defensive football, man. I love the fact watching these other offenses going on the field knowing that they have to get out of their routine. They have to get out of their game plan to try to scrape together some yardage. 
And for as much as we've heard, what I don't quite understand, you know, Missouri State, they're a little bit of a mystery wrapped in an enigma. They beat South Dakota. That win's looking more and more impressive by the week as USD keeps on winning. They beat them 31-23. to Then they beat Illinois State 41-20. to Missouri State gave up over 300 yards passing to Illinois State. How does that work? You saw Illinois State's offense, and for as good as this best friend's code green defense is, how do you give up 300 yards passing to Illinois State? Christian Watson could be in for a big day. Sproles and Henderson and those tight ends could be in for a big day. Maybe one of these weeks we'll get the running backs involved in the passing game. But when you're giving up three hundo in the air to Illinois State, and then they lost. They gave up 41 points to Missouri, or excuse me, Youngstown State two weeks ago to Youngstown State, who got floored by Northern Iowa 34-7. And earlier this week, when I was on Twitter talking about how crappy Eastern Washington was, a bunch of FCS dudes, they're good dudes. You know, we just kind of bust each other's grapes a little bit. The transitive property, Swanee, it doesn't work like that. You can't look at scores. Well, I'm a fan, and yes, I can. When you're giving up 41 points to Youngstown State, I don't care how good your offense is because you're not coming into the Fargo Dome, Missouri State, and putting up 33 on the Bison defense. And if you're giving up 41 to Youngstown State, how many do you think this Bison offense is going to put up on the Bears? And this is seemingly lost amongst my friends in the local media. Mike McFeely in the forum writes about how the point differentials the last five or six times these teams played, it's going to be different today. Missouri State's a different team. They got this quarterback, this transfer in who played at Utah and Utah State and Shelley and Bobby Petrino and blah, 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 blah. You can. I'm guessing when I pick up the paper and look at the game day predictions, that they're going to have it tight, like a 27-24, and and one of these guys might even pick Missouri State to win. I just don't get it. I don't care how many points you're putting up on a Youngstown State or an Illinois State when you're giving up that many, when your defense is giving up 41 to Youngstown. So I feel pretty good about the – how do you feel, Bison Nation? I talk – that's what I do. I think, yeah, I'm not I'm not calling 35 for the bison again. I've I've learned my lesson. Then I get talking, and then I keep talking. Then I talk some more. And Travis is shaking his head because he's in the studio. He know he knows exactly what I'm talking about because he watch he watches me ramp it up every week where I start kind of at like a two or a three. And I get through the first few sec- segments. I'm at a five or a six. And then I talk myself into like a 41 to 10 bison win. So that's what we're going to do next after the break. I'm going to tell you my game day predictions. And will I will I pick the Bison to put up a 45-er on Missouri State? Stick around and you'll find out on Heard It Here. We're taking it to the bank as Swanee brings you his lock-solid prediction for this week's game. Just <clears throat> don't bet the house on it or anything, okay? Oh, my God. Are you serious? Take that to heart, Bison Nation. This has probably been my worst year for picks. I, I get them right. I picked the Bison to win. Most years I'm pretty close with the scores. I have been just terrible this fall. The, the only game I got remotely close, Northern Iowa, I picked the Bison 34-13. The Bison won. I think it was a 35-34-20 kind of game. So I was in. At least I was sniffing the right zip code there. The other ones, I the Bison score in the red zone, then my picks look 
a lot better. But will it deter me? We'll find out in a few minutes. I want to thank Josh Linus for running the boards, keeping the train on the tracks, and Smith Motors of Wapaton and Walton's tire service. I think this comes down to if you're a one-dimensional football team, and it's not rocket science. Everyone's talking about just getting lost. Kind of like it reminds me of a few weeks ago when the local media and myself were talking up UNI's new quarterback, the transfer from Michigan State, Theo Day. He had just lit up Youngstown State, and we get we get trapped in this recency thing. And you look at the fact that Missouri State is four and two, three and one in the Valley. They played Oklahoma State close earlier in the year, and you think, man, they're putting up a lot of offense. This team could give the Bison fits. They haven't been able to run the ball. And if you're a one-dimensional football team, we saw what happened to you and I at the Fargo Dome a couple weeks ago. We've seen what happened to Illinois State and to North Dakota. And if you can't run the ball on North Dakota State, you're not going to throw the ball on them all day long because they're going to pressure your quarterback, and your quarterback's going to get hit just like Day was. Day started hearing footsteps, a couple fumbles, Then you get the interceptions coming in there like last weekend. So I feel cautiously optimistic and on, you know, am I going to call a shutout? It's tough to do. I don't care, you know, who you are. It's tough to shut anybody out. I think Missouri State's got enough in the tank to put up a score or two on North Dakota State. I just don't see the Bears all afternoon being able to match the Bison's physicality. And this Missouri State team who gave up 41 to Youngstown State and who gave up 20 and 300-plus yards passing to Illinois State, I think that bodes well for the Bison offense. You know, One of these weeks, it's going to start coming together, and I thought that was against Northern Iowa, and it did a little bit. And you just had some kind of wonky situations where the Bison were moving the ball last week in normal, but you get these third and shorts and fourth and shorts, and when you got a, a quarterback as big as Quincy, it's awfully tempting to say, well, our quarterback is as big as some team's lines, linebackers. He's super fast. Let's just bang him up the middle. We'll get the first down. And to Illinois State's credit, they shut that down, and they had some big takeaways and came up big when they needed to. But the Bison, the Bison are oh so close on offense. They are oh, oh so close. They're getting into the red zone. They got into the red zone five times against Illinois State. Now you have to do better than two touchdowns. And I think the Bison will. But they're getting the ball to the red zone. It's just converting on that. And they've had all week to think about it. I I, I suspect you'll see may, maybe some Delta, maybe some of that jet sweep game. I know the one-fourth down, Ross Uglum had it posted on Twitter when Quincy capped it. They were in shotgun. Watson came around, had, had uh, Quincy given the ball to Christian. Christian's around the edge for a second touchdown of the day. I think that stuff starts getting kind of cleaned up a little bit. I think we we saw the the red zone capability against Northern Iowa where Quincy had some of the runs, but then they mixed in that play fake rollout to Gindorf for the touchdown. I think we see more of that. I think the Bison convert in the red zone today. And I think the Bison, am I really going to do it again? Yes! I have to keep the faith, brothers and sisters! you got to keep the faith! The Bison are hanging 42 or 45 on Missouri State today. This offense is going to get in the red zone, and they're going to score in the red zone, and they're going to score in the red zone again. And this code green defense, there is no drop-off. The dome's going to be loud. Missouri State's talking about, we're so excited to play in this loud environment. Say that after the end of the first quarter where you got a couple false starts. Your QB1 has gotten his bell rung, and the Bison generate some turnovers. I see a big afternoon unfolding at the Fargo Dome. How big? 
42 to 14, guys. Let's go nuts. Huh? Well, we'll give them 17. Missouri State will mix up a field goal in there. They'll, they'll grab a touchdown late. 42-17 herd. I want to thank Josh Linus and Smith Motors, Wapaton, small town, friendly, big town deals, and Walton's Tire Service, your local one-stop for tires, friendly service, and more in Lisbon, North Dakota. Stick around for Around the Rink with Travis Dunn. Coming up next, and remember, the strength of the herd is the bison, and the strength of the bison is the herd. Uh,